Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Self Love Snack Bar. I'm Marks. And I'm Sloan. And we have a very special guest with us today. Woo! We're so excited to introduce you to our lovely friend, the successful business owner of Beans by Tara, a hot dog mom to Henry, the wiener dog. She's also my wonderful boss. The genius who came up with air fried brie and hot honey. And our first guest ever, Tara Sharifi! <laughs> wow, what a welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. That is quite an entrance. <laughs> we were literally talking about this earlier and we were like, we should come up with a choreographed dance and just like get up and do it for you after this intro. Oh my god, I would not Could be you able imagine? to keep my shaping. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to start with our weekly segment. Um, first, we have to talk about our snack that we had. And today we had um, beets, burrata, basil, and balsamic. Um, delicious, beautiful, amazing snack. And the presentation was 10 out of 10. Thank you, Tara. <laughs> means so much. And yeah, we I was really hungry, so I ate most of it. But um, yeah, what do you think, Tara? Very good. Presentation was great. Taste was good. I'm a big beet. Amberata girl, but I love the little balsamic glaze and basil touch. Yeah, thank you. What do you think, Marks? I loved it. Obviously, yeah. we've had this dish before. Yes. It's it's just like the perfect like savory like side or like appetizer. It's like sweet snack. savory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, we'll put the link of the recipe yes. in the show notes <laughs> in case you want it. All right, sounds good. And for our self love check in, how is your self love going? Um, it's going well. I think right now I'm just very overwhelmed with a lot of work things, so I feel like it's been a little bit on the back burner, but definitely taking the time to check in with myself mentally, physically. I went to a yoga class today, so I think that really helped kind of bring me out of the funk I was in on this fine Monday, uh, but otherwise pretty good. Thank you. What would you rate it out of 10? If I'm being fully honest, I would yeah. say like a seven. Okay. Like I've had better days, but it's not the worst self-love day. For gotcha. sure. It's a solid number. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, solid number. Awesome. How about you, Marks? I would say it would be like a nine right now. So I went home this weekend and it was my first time being home after like six months. So it was so weird. I was like staying in my old room and like I pretty much brought all of my stuff here. And so everything is just like brand new. And I don't know, it was just like so weird because it was almost like me going back to a place where like, I didn't love, like, who I was, and I didn't really like the environment that I was in, and so I was just, like, so grateful to, like, be here and, like, be where I am now, and so even though, like, the energy was kind of off there, I did my best to kind of, like, turn it around. I went to the Korean spa. Oh, I love it. Iconic. I spa. You must go if you're in one. Definitely. A highlight of Orange County, honestly. (laughs) Literally. I forgot about it, and then, like, Saturday night, I was like, wait, how come I'm... What? I need to go. Yeah. Amazing. Ultimate self-love. Exactly. And so, yes, I would say it's a nine because I love my life here and I'm glad to be back. Yay. Yay. That's so good. I love that. This is like your second nine out of ten. I just... Good for you. Wow. Yay. Love that. Go, Mark. Go, Mark. 
So mine is a 6.5 out of 10. Um, That's because I haven't had a day off in weeks. Mm. And I tend to overbook myself. And I need to slow the fuck down sometimes. (laughs) So yeah, I'm just tired. So I haven't really had time to do any self-love, really. But um, yeah, hopefully this weekend I will have some some self-love time. And I will get back up to an 8 or 10. Some spooky self-love. That's right. Yep. Sloan's favorite Halloween. I mean, holiday of the year. I love love Halloween. It's my favorite, too. Thank you. You wouldn't think that, like, if you looked at my apartment, but I, I in theory, like, love Halloween. It's just, I love the spookiness. Yeah, it's so fun. The aesthetic. And someone over here doesn't like it, so... (laughs) Really, I'm surprised. I'm, like, starting to like it more. Like, okay. when I went home, our neighbor had, like, all these, like, Halloween stuff out. They had, like, these giant skeletons, and I walked over there, and I liked it. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I even took a picture. Baby steps, baby oh, steps. Yeah. You're turning a corner. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, widening my horizon. Yay. Um, you just have to think of, like costumes because you don't like dressing up like, yeah like easy ones like matrix all yeah. black funny glasses done that's what i you don't said have to yeah, yeah. Well, I, can, I, I mean matrix. or you can be me and do the most i'm done yeah. you i'm doing uh, lord voldemort no. <laughs> i have like a full prosthetic no. and i have i have the like a bald cap really i bought a broadway <laughs> industry level bald cap i'm just gonna go like balls to the wall really own this and it's not like gonna be sexy Voldemort. It's gonna be like <laughs> the Dark Lord himself. Um, you so must take pictures. Of I'm so excited for that. What the heck? I'm thrilled. I've been waiting since you told me. Yeah. The time is coming. The time is coming. <laughs> that's everything. Oh my gosh, that's good. So Tara, what's something you've been working on? Um, patience. I think it's been not just you know recent thing, but just a. Like, as a person, when I want something, I want to go after it, career-wise, like, friendships, relationships, whatever, but I also realize, like, a lot of things are a two-way street, and sometimes throwing yourself into something is great, but also it can, you can, like, self-sabotage and backfire, so I'm personally working on just living in the moment and enjoying where I am in my journey of my career or friendships or whatever skill that I'm trying to learn. So it's a little harder than it sounds. Actually, it's a lot harder than it sounds, but it's been fun. I think it's just a constant reminder to myself to just, don't you have the tattoo? Patience? Yeah. yeah, you I have a tattoo. I literally have patience tattooed off my yeah. hand, so it's I fucking I should probably get it too. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I should get one right Good like, reminder, on, yeah. like right on the wrist, like, hey. Yeah, yeah. so... I've been working on retweet I literally thought that last week too a bunch of times so I feel you it kind of reminds me of the quote that's like finding the beauty of this of like where you are now yeah totally you want to be 100% because that's like how life I feel like tends to be is you want something that's in the future and then you get there and sometimes it doesn't even feel as gratifying as if you just enjoy the moment and the process of it all and I think that's the part the instant gratification is the part that I'm trying to work on mm-hmm. because it's something that I tend to really gravitate toward is like having that instant redemption and gratification. And it's kind of like a very strong mental challenge with myself to take a step back from what I'm used to and actually just revel in the moment and enjoy all the ups and downs that come with it. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. What about you, Sloan? 
<laughs> I'm working on not overworking myself, <laughs> just, just like with my self love check in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just feel like months out, like I'll schedule like because I'm a wedding planner and I'll like schedule like two weddings in a row like each weekend and it just destroys me and I like need to have a weekend in the middle at least Mm, yeah like there's one month where I literally have three weddings next year and I'm like okay it's time to like plan ahead because I'll overbook myself when I'm like doing good Mm -hmm. and then I have no time to like rest and like get back to normal and then I'm like it's just bad so I'm working on not overworking myself like on the weekends I guess it's good that you yeah. kind of, like, know what your boundaries are now, like, mm-hmm. X amount of weddings a month. Yeah. And that's important, because I feel like it's so easy to, like, look in yeah. the future and be like, this is free, and, like, yeah. yeah. And well, and like, I'm like, money. But no. it's, like, it's just not, it's not worth me feeling like crap. Like, mm-hmm. I yeah. need to balance it. Mm-hmm. Work-life balance, you know? It's, and, like, the burnout yeah. is also going to be real. real. It's going to just catch up to you as well. Exactly. So I've been learning to, like, not do that. And, like, the more and more I, like, think about it ahead of time, I'll be in a better position. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm working on. I love that. Love that. Yeah. How about you, Marks? I am working on, like, cooking more and, like, meal prepping, like, throughout Ooh. the week. Yeah, so, like, I have these, like, new recipes I get excited about yeah. and stuff. Like, tomorrow I'm going to make this tortilla Tortilla. Ooh, that sounds Hopefully so cozy. It goes well. Yeah. I mean, Savan's recipe and she, her recipes are always bomb. So, who is the Savan? She's like a fashion blogger, and now okay. she's like an influencer, and she's like she's like a mom of two now. Yeah. But she has mainly fashion, but she has these recipes that are super good on her. Very simple too. Yes, yeah. and super okay. easy to make. Like, yeah. which I love. I'm just like I am not there yet, where I yeah. get all the ingredients and have all this time. Like. I, I'm just like something easy and like no good. frill just okay. no frill but also elevated like it's gotcha. not just like okay. mac and cheese it's things like the burrata you guys just had yeah. but things that are actually easy to come together which is nice yeah okay well I'm gonna have to check that out <laughs> honestly okay. was inspired by you that one random time you made the like salmon avocado oh. rice bowl dish <laughs> Ooh, Foodie yeah. queen over here. Food Add queen. that to the list. Well, I love that you're practicing your cooking because <laughs> I feel like when I have a stocked fridge and I feel excited to cook something, I save money on eating out. Yeah. But I also just look forward to that as my self-love activity for the day. Like, I'll close my kitchen doors and just put some music on and just fully just vibe and make food. So it's one of my favorite self-love activities. Yeah. Oh, it's so cute. That's I love cute. that. Like, that's your hobby. And I feel like that's, like, inspiring. Oh, thank you. <laughs> like, put on some music and just, like, on <laughs> the kitchen. Yeah. I'm going to work my way up. But, yes. In no time, yeah. That's what I'm working on. Okay, what's something that you're currently loving? Ooh, I'm currently loving just organizing and cleaning my space. I feel like I had just come back from a few weeks of traveling and stuff. And so for a while, everything was just everywhere. And I'm very type A in the sense where if my space is messy, I feel just upset. I feel just Mm -hmm. negative. And then my personal space, but also having my offices and stuff. So Sloan's been helping me out a ton with that because (laughs) I sometimes am bad at organizing like little things strategically, but I just, yeah, love cleaning. Kind of a weird thing to be obsessed with right now, but just getting back on track with my space. 
Now I freaking feel that. I feel like a lot of the times I love having my Mondays off because I can just like clean my space. Because I do feel mentally clearer too. Like mm -hmm. when there's like shit everywhere, I'm just like, oh my God, my life is so chaotic. Like my brain is chaotic. And so I just love having like a clean space. Yeah. So I feel that. I agree. And I'm just going to jump into what I'm loving because <laughs> I'm moving. And I'm just really, like, it's a lot of work, but I'm really excited because the room that I've been in now, like, it cannot be rearranged because it's so small. Okay. And I'm moving to a room that I will be able to rearrange. And, like, that's just something I would do because I, like, like having a fresh, like, new yeah. organized space. Yes. So I'm just, like, really loving, like, a, like a what's it called? Like a, like a, a blank slate. Yeah, like a blank slate. Like, I'm ready to go. Wow. So I'm really loving, like, a new start. And you're moving to a better area, too. I feel like it's yeah. just, it's all falling into place really yes. nicely. So. Yes. Yeah. What are you? loving marks i am currently loving just like luscious naps like <laughs> if i'm ever just like tired in the middle of the day like i used to take in this i used to like take this too far i would literally take a nap like every day because i would like procrastinate until like for what i needed to do next and i would take a nap almost like to escape but now I don't do that it's mainly just like if I'm really tired then I'll take a little nap and I just feel so rejuvenated after and I can like work faster you know and like with a lot of energy and then it's like more fun that's a good quality that you're able to after your nap kind of re resume your activities because I feel like personally if my nap is off for any reason it's risky taking a nap because for me, if I take one and I wake up and I feel more tired, then it kind of just ruins the rest of my day. So it's really nice that for you, it just kind of gives you the little boost you need to finish your day. Oh, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to Tara. So like, I'm really happy for you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's great. And I love how you called them luscious naps. So Very good. tender. Just a nice yes. tender nap. Everyone out there needs to have a luscious nap. Yeah, if you're exactly. napping, it better be luscious. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Awesome. Well, that finishes up our weekly segment, so we'll get right into it. Yes. Um, well, this week's episode is called Shoot Your Shot, and Tara, Tara loves that because... <laughs> well, I just, in my life, in all facets of my life, I've just found that you're not going to necessarily get what you want by just sitting there and hoping that it'll show up for you. I think part of the idea of manifestation and kind of creating your future is also pushing like driving that momentum by asking a question or you know like just putting yourself out there and so I've just found in so many different avenues of my life that just being unapologetically not even myself but just unapologetically blunt with what I want works out usually in my favor I don't think I've gone like to extreme like I'm not gonna go dm like a celebrity and be like can I get this you know like there's some things within reason that obviously you're just not gonna that are not going to happen. But for the most part, I found that, you know, you never know what people are going to say or what they'll give you unless you ask for it or if they're interested in you as a friend or partner. So it's worked for me. So I tend to very easily be compelled to just ask for something. And I always encourage people to do the same. You'll never know if you don't ask. Agreed. Asking you shall receive. Yeah. Right? I definitely feel like as women, too, like, we're so, like, especially with dating, like, we're told to, like, wait for the man or, you know, whoever. And, like, we don't have to fucking wait for nobody. So, <laughs> shoot your fucking shot. Yeah. And I think it's definitely easier said than done in different situations. Um, I'm not, like, the person that'll go up to, like, anyone, a friend or, like, 
a guy and just ask them out, I think I really do have to kind of see if it's kind of like worth the investment for me because obviously when you put yourself out there, you also put yourself up for rejection or whatever reaction the other person may give you. So I've kind of found like in my experience, I do it pretty easily with like women. I feel like I have a pretty good gauge on who I vibe with as friends and then I think um in romantic relationships it's not I don't just like shoot my shot with anyone so yeah I think that's just where I found more comfort in with women just because I really resonate with them but then in career it's like you really don't know anything like you don't know if that promotion is available to you if you don't ask for it you don't know if that raise is available if you don't ask for it so I think in the realm of career it's really important to always just be wanting more and pushing yourself and working hard for it obviously but really just knowing your worth and driving um in that direction to get what you want what's the biggest like shot that you've taken that has just like made an impact in your life and that you're glad that you did the most recent one that i could think of is our studio that we have now for permanent Mm -hmm. jewelry and the actual studio itself is owned by brianne who owns shade spray tans i was looking for a studio space for this permanent jewelry service and i thought about places where i could possibly have a studio places that would possibly rent to me because i didn't want to take a full commercial lease out in san francisco because it's just a lot of a lot of different factors that go into it so i had actually reached out back to brianne and i had told her like hey i just got a single spray tan with you for a few months ago this is super random but do you guys have an extra room in your office kind of studio area that you're like willing to rent out? And she was like, oh yeah, we actually might have something for you. Come on and just take a look tomorrow. And so I came and I toured the spot. It was the perfect size for what I wanted. The amount for rent was perfect. It just was so many perfect things that aligned. And there's just no way that would have fallen into my lap if I hadn't asked. And that just came from me getting a spray tan. So there was no, you know, no benefit I had in or like loss I had in asking. It was like the worst she could say was no, the best she could say was yes. And so that's changed a lot for me because I don't know if I would have found a spot to be able to offer the service in so quickly uh, if it weren't for that situation. So I'm very grateful. And I think that's just a big example of you never know until you ask. Yes, hell yeah. Oh, 100%. And like with that example too, it was like no one ever really has done that, right? Like have you heard of anybody else just like renting a room from like a business to use like for their own personal use or like their own little business? I'm sure it happens. I think in San Francisco it's a little harder because San Francisco is so corporate and there's like small businesses and they have their own storefronts. In their own brick and mortars, but I don't know of a lot of, like, multi-businesses in one, yeah. you know, yeah. at least in such a good location, because that area is filled with a bunch of restaurants and bars and just high traffic area, but not commercially, didn't seem very available. Yeah. So I really think I got lucky with the timing of it all as well, and she was super nice with, like, letting me decorate the place and paint it and... Mm-hmm fix it up so yeah that's just my little example of totally well I just, I just feel like there's like gold in that in the sense of like that was kind of unheard of but you knew what you wanted you wanted just like a small room not like a whole brick and mortar shop and like 
that's the main thing that you really need in like manifesting things. It's like you don't have to know really like how you're gonna get there. You just have to like, get really specific on like what you want and you knew what you wanted and then yeah. just all these ideas started coming to you of like how you can make that happen and then you shoot your shot. <laughs> yeah, and I actually remember when I toured the place the next day after that I was leaving for like three weeks to leave the country and so I talked to her, saw the space, it worked out, we agreed on the rent and stuff. And then I essentially was like ordering paint, wallpaper, all of that, not in person, and just planning it. And I feel like it that timing worked out so well because by the time I came back from my trip, the studio supplies had all come in. It was ready to get set up that same week. And we essentially got the ball rolling on offering this service. And so even the timing of me connecting with her the day before I was leaving on my trip to tour the room just was a kind of a testament to things happening when they should so yeah I always encourage anyone the worst someone can say is no love that okay let's backtrack like a little bit because we're obviously talking about like the latest big thing that has progressed with your career but let's give like the audience like people who like maybe don't know um I don't know yeah, like, I don't even know. I'm like, how did this happen? Let's inform how did, Yeah, how did how? you, like, how did you get to where you are today? Obviously, that's a big question. Yeah. But, like, yeah, like, just in in the best way you can tell us. Okay, to make it as, con- I've, so, I've told this so many times, so I've, like, learned, like, how to keep it as concise as possible. But, essentially, I've always loved making jewelry. I've always done it for fun since high school. I made feather earrings back when the like feathers in your hair and everything was a trend. <laughs> and a few years once after I graduated college, I was on the pre-healthcare route. Like I wanted to either go to PA school or nursing school and was working as a medical assistant to save up money and essentially earn my hours to apply to those programs. And I just wasn't making a ton of money, was making minimum wage, working far too much for what I was doing and getting paid um and I was just selling jewelry on the side in like this Facebook group I was in of like a bunch of girls and I think timing was a big part because I was just selling bead bracelets and I had a few extra on hand and I put them on that in the group and immediately there was like 40 girls that wanted to buy these and now they're everywhere but at the time I think in 2019 they were not as maybe readily available and so they were expensive they were expensive too then yeah making them for yourself exactly I made them for myself and I think because that I also priced them pretty well people were really really interested Mm -hmm. so I took that investment that first day and I bought more supplies and then eventually some of the girls were like micro influencers and they wanted to actually tag me and kind of showcase the brand that they're wearing for their jewelry and at the time I just had my personal Instagram account and I didn't feel comfortable having people tag my personal account to order jewelry so I made an account and I remember specifically thinking to myself I'm just gonna think of whatever comes to mind because I'm not gonna go anywhere with this business it's not even I wasn't thinking of it as a business it was like a side hustle. So I just called it Beads by Tara. Like the most, like, gen- I was, that's what I was doing. I was making beads and it's by me. So, like, I literally couldn't have been a more simple name. And people would tag me. And then I kind of reached out to a few influencers and bloggers that I had followed for years. 
and told them that I was saving up money for school and they were really generous and allowed me to send them product that they showed their followers. So I think what really worked for me for many years was just solely relying on influencer brand awareness and the strength and power of like community and having a lot of people who just might not have a hundred thousand followers but have ten thousand loyal followers or five thousand even really just showcasing my brand and so for the first two and a half years like we didn't spend any money on advertising it was solely just grassroots word of mouth influencer marketing which I think if I had to pay for advertising I probably wouldn't have continued pursuing this because I didn't have the money to pay for advertising quite frankly and yeah we're for the first year, honestly two years, I was just doing this all by myself. And obviously there's no potential for growth when you're doing everything. And then eventually um, I had a friend from college reach out, Maddie, and she really wanted to get involved in the business. And so she was my first employee. So she reached out to you first? Yeah, she reached like out to me. you weren't even like, I need some help. No, because I am no. such a type she A person that like I couldn't imagine how someone could do what I did better. Mm-hmm. Not that I was the best. But totally. I just, the thought of letting go of control of yeah. something was hard because my name is on it. So I never, I knew I needed help, but I never knew who I could. Also living in San Francisco... Everyone here is in corporate, most people I know are in like corporate America. And so they don't have like, they have these like just 70 hour a week jobs. Like no one was Mm. really there to like help me. And I could never ask anyone to just help me on top of their full-time job. So for when Maddie reached out to me, I felt like this was meant to be. And also whenever I thought about who I would hire, I always thought about Maddie because I know she was really artistic and I knew her in college as just being super artsy and stuff. So in a, re- in a really weird way, when she reached out to me, it felt like I was waiting for her to reach out. But she had actually moved back to California because she was in New York after the pand- during the mm-hmm. pandemic. So she like had lost her job and moved here and then reached out to me. And so it just it worked out so well. And I'm so grateful because now we have like a team of like four people, but really for the longest time it was just me and Maddie holding the fort down that's crazy that is so crazy (laughs) would things like fall together like seamlessly or like when things like just come to you out of the blue and it works like I feel like that's when you know things are aligned yes I know it feels like there's a lot of like divine timing for you and your yeah it's it's been very like I feel very blessed to have had this occur and even like my team now it's like evolved people are leaving people like you know whatever people have been added um such as slow herself and it's like so cool because everyone that's been on the team is someone that has a connection to me i've never had to put a craigslist listing out and i think i've been really fortunate with having people i trust you know in the office and just in my space with things that obviously cost money around them so I just hope that that continues to happen but I feel very grateful that I was able to grow for the first three years with just having honestly people that were all mutual friends um around me because I felt like that really just propelled me to be more experimental and try new things that I probably wouldn't have otherwise that's awesome thank you how did it feel like starting a business pretty young um like like, did you have anyone to go to when you, like, weren't sure about something? Because there's just so much that goes into, like, running a business. 
Yeah, um, there's um, I didn't really have anyone that I knew that had a small business in in the same industry. Like my mom is a dentist, so she has her dental practice, but it's very different. With I'm an e-commerce, she's like mm-hmm. patient care, so I didn't really. I had like help in terms of like okay, I should hire a CPA right away. I should hire these things so that I kind of get the bases set and just I'm not making any errors. Um, financial errors because those are very the IRS will come get you real quick. <laughs> yeah, like, that can be um, scary. Yeah. So in that sense I did have help, but really a lot of it was just trial and error. Um I think a lot of resources are out there for people who are interested in learning a hobby or starting a business. But I will say I definitely to this day still struggle with imposter syndrome because I don't have the skill set. I don't I didn't go to school for marketing. I didn't go to school for finance or business or anything of that nature so I don't feel like I know what I'm doing half the time because I don't have a background in it but I think it really just goes to show that if you fake it you know just fake it till you make it absolutely I honestly can relate to that because like I'm helping my friend who's a social media marketer and like I didn't even graduate from college. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and she's like, I haven't used one thing I learned in college to do this. And like, yeah. it still feels weird because you're like, I don't have this degree, but like, yeah. So yeah. how do you know like what to do next at on? Because like you have had like a collab with Rachel Kirk. Um, and then like you even did that um dinner in New York mm-hmm. and you yeah. had like pop-ups and stuff like that. So it just seems like from an outside perspective and like the permanent jewelry, um, that you kind of just like know like what your next moves yeah. are. And so like yeah, what like, like what are your ideas? Like how do they come yeah. to you? Like how do you know what to is do? Is it like intuition or is it just like learning as you go more so? I think a big part of it is following the trends and, like, being up to date with what's new. Like, for example, when I did the collection with Rachel, like, she was very prevalent, still is, in, like, the social media influencer scene. And I also, with permanent jewelry, it's a very trendy thing. So I think staying on top of the trends is really important because, you know, I was talking to one of my suppliers. We had lunch when I met with her a few months ago. And she, like, owns this whole manufacturing company for jewelry and stuff. And we were talking about how there are, like, fossils and artifacts that have dated, like, thousands of years ago. And there, a lot of them are uncovered wearing jewelry. Like, the fossils have jewelry buried with them in Egypt and stuff. So, jewelry is going to always be wanted. And I think the difference between being a successful business in whatever field you're in versus one that maybe doesn't like grow as quickly or maybe one that doesn't like stay afloat is innovation and just being on top of it if you're like thinking ahead if you're thinking of what people want I think that's the way to be successful at whatever you're doing for example like let's say 10 years ago Tiffany and Co and like sterling silver jewelry was the hit like everyone had sterling silver jewelry and now people are really leaning toward gold and I think if you're a brand that only is going to sell silver and they just want to stay true to that you're not going to maybe do as well. But I think if you're able to be flexible and change with what people want to see within the boundaries of what your brand is. Like, I'm not someone that personally loves, like, the super colorful, like, you know, plastic beads that are kind of the Gen Z thing. So I'm not going to offer that. But I also think there's a level of, you know, flexibility I have with my line that maybe appeals to Gen Z more than, like, older generations. Um, 
so I kind of keep my brand ethos and like all of that pretty clear like we're dainty minimal jewelry that's made to last but I think updating the looks like for example for fall like people like darker tones jewel tones so introducing those for the summer people really like pearls and stuff so I think being flexible is just my biggest takeaway from what I've learned in my personal experience with like growing my company yeah and like your beaded bracelets with the like custom beads it's almost like your variation of Mm -hmm. like the gen z like beads yeah exactly yeah it's like a little classier i feel like Mm -hmm. Um, like the name bracelets basically yeah yeah they're really like because it's still like fun and like beads and like you can customize it right it just like looks and it goes with all the the rest of the jewelry yeah and that's like my thing is i really like cohesion with whatever it is like whether it's like if i'm making a meal like i like things to really flow and that's just the nature of me and my character so I think with my jewelry I want things that really just work well together um that you don't really have to think twice about so that's what's worked for me whereas I see other brands that do so well with making chunkier statement fashion jewelry things that you might see like celebrities wearing or the tiktokers wearing and there's totally an industry for that and there's a market for that and there's also a market for what I do. So mm-hmm. I don't feel like I have to dip into everything just to be successful. Because then you end up being like the brand that doesn't know their own like mm-hmm. audience and they don't know their own vision. Totally. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, has there ever been like a moment through like growing your business where you were just like, this is too much? Or like you like didn't know what to do? Like what, like what grounded you? Or like did somebody help you like stay grounded? <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I think, I don't think there's been a moment where I've ever been like, I want to give up. I truly love what I do so much. And to people, it might seem like a very superficial thing to be making and selling jewelry. But to me, it brings me happiness. And I think it's a very size inclusive accessory that, you know, I get people that tell me stories of like when they're like their aunt has cancer and they bought this bracelet with an evil eye to like Mm -hmm. give them good luck or Um, someone passed away like their dog passed away so they got a necklace with their dog's name on it so things like that really drive me and I think hearing those stories from comments or dms really makes me feel fulfilled in what I do so I've never had a moment where I was like I'm done this isn't worth it there like are moments where I feel more burnt out than others and right now is one of them for me because I'm going into a very chaotic hectic time of the year with the holidays but I also thrive, just maybe not for the best, but I thrive <laughs> on the pressure and being busy. So I think I just do need to take some time to like mentally reset after the holidays because this past year from January to now, I've just been like, go, go, go. Um, but yeah, I think burnout is normal, but I'm very fortunate to say that I would love to do this till I'm 90 years old if given the opportunity. Oh, love. Well, how do you manage stress then? Like, when you're burnt out, but you know you have to, like, keep going, like, right now. Mm -hmm. Like, what are some ways that you handle your stress? Uh, I would love to say I have the answer for handling the stress (laughs) the best way every time. But it's kind of depends on the situation. Um, Today, for example, was a particularly stressful Monday. Just had a lot of little things that happened and just didn't. It wasn't the best Monday that I would have liked, but I think for me today, I took the time to go to a yoga class and kind of decompress, and 
exercising and cleaning are two things that really help me de-stress or cooking a good meal. When I don't have time to do that, I think sometimes I just let myself feel all the feelings and like cry or just take a shower. So it really just depends. But I think it is hard sometimes feeling like I have, like I, it's my business. So every decision I make is on me versus sometimes I wish I worked for someone else sometimes because then at least like there's collaboration or there's at least someone you can look up to but obviously there's pros and cons to each so I'm grateful that I have the ability to make decisions Um, but I think I like really need to rely on my team more with asking for suggestions or advice on things instead of trying to always figure it out myself well I was literally gonna ask you like if there's ever a time where you don't know what to do next because it really is like you're the CEO you know like (laughs) what do you do? Um, I think especially with Maddie, who's been with me for almost two years, she and I do really well together. Like she kind of gets what I need to be like, what needs to be done. So I think a lot of the stress of like tasks Maddie handles now and kind of like she'll Mm -hmm. delegate and delegate to other people or take care of herself, which helps me out a lot because there's like other things that or, like, taxes and just things that, like, she can't do because it's just stuff that I have to do with the business. So that stuff I just have to do myself. But I've learned to, like, ask for help when I need it instead of just trying to do it myself. As a person, I'm very self-sufficient in that if I bought a toy as a kid, I wouldn't even read the instructions. I would just start to put it together. So I think taking a step back and realizing, like, it's okay to ask for help, whether it's with just from your friends for advice on like designs and like my roommate Pubbins super helpful with giving me style advice or just asking for help from my team with suggestions of packaging and things like that like even today I was like should I do this or this and having two people that are like okay I think this is the better option just helps confirm that for me so what because now you have a business coach too yeah you obviously haven't always had one or not obviously yeah you you haven't always had one what type of stuff do you like ask your business coach versus like stuff that you just like handle yourself that's a great question I think when I first went into hiring one I didn't really know what to expect of it but he's really helping me with growing and scaling and kind of thinking outside of the box based off of who he's worked with and his other clients and what have worked for them. And so I ask him, it's a really, it's a mix of therapy because sometimes <laughs> I just need to vent about yeah. things and then see what his thoughts are on it. But then it's also a really good mix of what's the next step and creating a plan. And I think that's what I love about mine is I have a plan with him, like a 90 day plan. So it kind of helps me look forward to what goals I have to set by the end of this quarter it's like kind of like quarterly so mm-hmm. before that I didn't really have any kind of structure I kind of just did things every day I woke up but I think having kind of more of a structured outline to what to look forward to for the business has been a big help for me she's growing and <laughs> yeah it, it must feel good to like it just feels more organized huh you're like okay, yeah I, I like have I know what I need to do <laughs> yeah and someone's here telling me like this is good it's, it's interestingly enough, very grounding and very reassuring while at the same time being like terribly frightening because when someone tells you like you have so much room to grow and scale and like they believe in you and they want you to grow your business to the point where you could sell it one day, all these crazy things. It's like, I don't think that big with my business. I haven't thought that big. 
So I kind of panic because I'm like, there's so much I haven't done yet that I need to do. Versus when I wasn't working with someone to grow and scale, I just thought about what are today's act, what are this week's <laughs> activities and goals? You know, it was much more on a smaller micro scale. So it's a good, it's scary, but I like the growth. I think is good to like challenge myself and you know think of things that I would never have considered otherwise. Yeah, that's awesome. I definitely like the 90 day mm-hmm. thing though cuz I feel like even like 6 months from now I'm like I don't uh, I don't want you to ask me that. Like 90 days is like a very near future but like still needs to be planned. Yeah. Like, it's quarterly. Yeah, like every yeah. quarter it's like seasons, yeah. you know. No, yeah, that's um, great. So it's like not only do I figure out for that season/90 days like what collection we're going to have, but I also think about what other like, for example, one thing that I have been wanting to do for a long time for my business was get my brand name and slogan trademarked. Just, I don't know, just because obviously it protects your business. Not that I think anyone's going to be stealing Beads by Tara soon, <laughs> but you never know. And then our slogan is a design to layer made to last. So one thing that I immediately did with this coach is express the sentiment that I wanted to trademark these things. And he helped me find a trademark lawyer and... Because that's a process that takes up to a year to trademark something. So we did that back in June. So hopefully by early next year, that'll fall into place. But things like that that I want to do and just don't really know or don't have the resources is what I found having a mentor of sorts helps with. Yeah. What, like really quick, talk about your like past endeavors like growing up like Tara like shooting her shot like just not even thinking she's Little shooting Tara. her shot <laughs> yeah. you know like tell the people this because I feel like also from an outside perspective it can seem so much like oh she just like started a business it was like her first venture and mm-hmm. it's so successful and all this stuff and a lot of the times we don't hear about like the backstories of yeah. like what people have gone through yeah. and it looks so like put together and professional like I would never have known that you like just yeah. taking it day by day, you know? I mean, I've done everything under the sun. I've wanted to work since I was 15 years old. So I worked at Soup Plantation. That was my first job. <laughs> no, what is what? it? Soup Plantation. It's like a salad. No. And it's like a buffet. A family. Oh like, my God. It's like hometown buffet. I don't know. There's different okay. buffets. but yeah, yeah. Wait, that, what did you do? You're like the cashier? I was like the cashier. Oh my God. Cashier. Wait, at like, um, um, which location? In Laguna Niguel. Okay. Yeah, they closed now. <laughs> oh my but God, I thought it was like the Tustin one. It's also, also known as Green Tomatoes in some states. Like it's like a, their sister chains, but I worked there, hated it. I, I, I worked every job. I've worked an office yeah. job. I, I was a legal assistant for two days. Um, I nope. basically, my mom always told me like, you're really good at like arguing and defending your point. Like you should go to law school. So then that was a career path I considered in college. And I had a friend in my sorority who I think worked at this law firm or something and they were looking for help. And I was like, maybe law is my calling and destiny. So I go and I work for two days and they're having me like file paperwork and they're having me put things under subpoena and plaintiff and like all these words that I did not know. And I, after two days quit because I was like, I just, it's a lot of reading. It's a lot of words. Like, what is this? This is so, not what I thought. I've tried everything. I've worked in like, I think I've not worked in retail, but I've worked in an office setting. I worked in like hospitality, customer service, all of that. And I've worked in the medical field as well. Most, that was my, I guess my last role. And in all of these roles, I actually wasn't a very good employee in the sense where I, not that I wasn't good, I just 
lacked the drive. Like, I did the things well that I was supposed to do. I was a great customer service rep. I was a great cashier. All of that. I was very diligent, but I think I wasn't driven to do more and be better um, because I wasn't loving what I did. The passion wasn't The passion there. wasn't there. So yeah. I always kind of thought I had a bad work ethic for that reason. Like, I could never hold a job down for, like, that I, I would either quit or, like, I would just fizzle out of it or whatever because... I actually got fired at my last job. Um, <laughs> and not for being, a, like, a bad employee. They just, like, made up an excuse with that they were overstaffed. Long story short, they tried to hire me again once they saw that I had my business. So, oh, like, um, no. yeah. Did Like, I was, like, clearly working the wrong jobs, and yeah. I wasn't really fulfilling what I am good at, and that's just being, like, a creative person. But I like to have creative freedom in what I'm doing. So I've kind of done it all. You've... <laughs> Also, like, had a YouTube channel. Oh, my God. Right? Forever ago. Yeah, in yes, high school. But I just bring this up because it's, like, you just tried a bunch of different things yeah. that you thought you would like. And then, okay, tell them about your first jewelry business. Oh, yeah. So, in relation to my YouTube channel, I had created, like, there was, like, this event for a lot of the YouTubers that I loved um, in, like, the fashion industry and stuff when I was in high school. And I made these feather earrings that I like took as gifts to these influencers because I love them so I was like I'm gonna just give them a piece of jewelry I wasn't trying to sell it and so many of them loved it and like showed it on their in their YouTube videos and I actually didn't realize like that's how I got a lot of subscribers so in a really weird way I was like utilizing influencer marketing as a kid but not even realizing I was because I was just giving them a gift and I didn't realize that they were gonna show it and then tag me and stuff And then I decided to try to sell these earrings on Etsy, and that's, like, I didn't sell a single earring, long story short. Um, How many did you make? I think I made, like, 30 or something, 30 pairs, like, something, like, I was really excited because I was like, oh my gosh, like, people are not interested, but I think, well, for whatever reason, like, Etsy's a little bit harder to sell stuff on. I clearly didn't have the professional skill as a lot of people on Etsy did at the time, so it didn't work out for me. Um, So that was, like... But I didn't really view it as a business venture because it was more of just, like, a side hustle in high school that yeah. I was doing. But, uh, yeah, I've tried – and I've always been bad with money. Like, I've always just, like, <laughs> spent money more than I made it. And so I never thought with all of these experiences that I would be good at having a business because that requires a lot of financial competence and a lot of organization and a lot of drive. And I felt like these were things I was always lacking as a person – but you just never know when you find what you really love, you don't work a day in your life. When you find what you love, you learn how to not overspend. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, seriously. You learn the skills that you need to do yeah. to do what you love. Well, and once you start actually making disposable income, I think that's when you realize, like, when you aren't making any money to save, so you can spend, like, the thought of saving isn't even in my mind. Like, mm-hmm. when I'm barely making 200 bucks a week when I was working at my medical assisting job, it's like, that's not even enough to pay for bare necessities. Thankfully, I was living at home, but even then, it's not enough to pay for, like, going out to dinner with friends and gas. So then the thought of saving money wasn't even in the picture, and I think that's why I always thought I was bad at saving, but I just wasn't making enough money, basically. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So. <laughs> it's hard these days. Yeah. Agreed. What's the best advice you've ever been given Ooh, I mean I don't think I had like an aha moment with someone where they were like they gave me this advice and I was like yes I, be- I really just feel 
like the best advice I've just heard is you never know until you try. I don't think a specific person told me this, but it's just this general sentiment that you really don't know if you don't put yourself out there and try. And obviously, I don't think that I am encouraging every single person to drop what they're doing and like start a business because I think for me, the job I had as a medical assistant right before my business was fueling me and giving me the money to honestly be able to like live. And that allowed me the freedom to think about a side hustle like the jewelry business. But I think if I didn't have that job and I was like, really desperate I think the business would have not been as it wouldn't have grown as well because it would have been out of desperation and I would have probably just been as like scrappy and like I wouldn't have put as much thought into packaging because I just had to sell something to sell it so in my experience I think you know having something that you might not love does drive this like really good work ethic in you to like then have the funds and time to invest in something that you love. So I don't know if that answered your question, but like that is, yeah. I just think that you don't know until you shoot your shot, but also like within reason. Yeah, no, totally. Like don't spend a ridiculous amount of money just to start something. But yeah. Like, yeah. Or like yeah. drop, I mean, drop yeah. just everything that you're doing to try something. Yeah, like don't order like 400 <laughs> shirts that you yeah. have screen printed with this logo because you want to start a streetwear brand before knowing if there's interest in it. And I think because I've had the bracelets already that I had made, I didn't spend money on supplies. I'd had five extra bracelets and I posted about them. And because I already had the supplies, I already invested in that. That was like a sunk cost from a while ago. I was then able to take that money that I got from customers and buy more supplies, but I didn't have the money to even buy supplies to begin with. So I think that's a really important thing to remind myself too, is like, I didn't just have like an investment fund where I could just start a business with. Like I, my packaging was so rough. Like I was actually <laughs> shipping pieces in just regular standard envelopes and I wasn't realizing that, you know how like the end of envelopes don't seal, like yeah. the seal only runs... Like, oh, yeah, yeah. like the very corners don't and so some people would be getting packages envelopes that didn't have jewelry because it would be falling out the oh side my God. No. and like it's just things like that oh, that I've obviously yeah. learned since but I didn't think about because I didn't have the money to spend on fancy packaging and bubble mailers and stuff yeah. so humble beginning yes. yes just start with what you got yeah also a side note that i just think is really funny is we're all eight coyotes <laughs> are you, oh yeah you are too i forgot why do i forget this every I time so AKO, the sorority i just think it's so funny like a lot of the friends in our friend group are eight coyotes yeah well it is. i well, i was like an AKO at a different school <laughs> but everyone else met through AKO yes. at ucsb yeah I just think it's funny (laughs) no it really is and it's just like also that like being in a sorority as cliche as some people think it is like there's obviously good parts about it and bad parts and I really chose to delve into like the benefits of it and I got so many internships and so many jobs and babysitting opportunities and things that I think really shaped like my path in my career so that was something that I also just believe in like being friends with that like just shoot your shot make friends with people be nice to people and I got so much out of a sorority that wasn't even the like friend factor of joining one including Mars it's the connections about Mm -hmm. like being with awesome people yeah yeah connections Um, are everything they really are um well thanks for sharing all that of course Um, we also wanted to dive a little bit into just like what's happening in the world Mm -hmm. um 
you posted something today and I really liked it, so I'm just going to read it. Okay. Um, or reposted something. Um, it says, when non-Iranians stick up for women in Iran, when non-Jews loudly stand against anti-Semitism, when a free man stands up for an oppressed woman on the other side of the world, when a straight white man stands up against racism, bigotry, homophobia, this is how we will win. I just thought it was really powerful, so thanks for reposting. But, of course. Um, just like as an Iranian woman, obviously you're in America, but yeah. you have family there. Like, mm-hmm. has it been affecting you or your family about um, the human rights issues that are going on? Yeah, it. I can't say directly has affected me in the sense where I don't have like family that's been physically harmed or anything like that. But I can only imagine from talking to my cousins how difficult it must be to just be living through it I can't even like I don't think we've lived through like a revolution in that sense um where it's affected us personally like obviously there's been important movements like Black Lives Matter that we all stand for and support but I think it really hits different when you're going through it um and it's just really sad because Iran hasn't always been like this and I was just there a few months ago for a wedding and it's my home I've grown up going there since I was a kid every summer for like 10 years and stuff so I've gone more than a lot of people I know to Iran and it's gotten better weirdly enough like it's gotten better from when I was a kid like there's a lot more lenience with just the moral conduct code so I do love seeing that I think people are also very tired of what is going on there it's not like the police has loosened up but it's the people mm-hmm. and so I feel like this really was a breaking point with what happened with Masa who got killed for um diso quote-unquote disobeying the like morality police and having her hair showing even just a little bit or something and it makes me really sad because sometimes I feel like I compare myself to my family and I feel very fortunate but it's also like that imposter syndrome of like why did I get to live this life and like I have them on Instagram and stuff and it's just and I'm they have good lives there as well but it is hard wondering to myself like why did I get fortunate to have a life here where I have so many freedoms and so I think as a kid having that ingrained in me has always made me an advocate for quite literally anyone not even just a minority group but just anyone that was oppressed I'm very grateful to have friends of all walks of life I have LGBTQ plus friends I have black friends like I have Asian friends I have every you know walk of life and I've learned so much from their experiences that they've shared with me. I think the only thing that people can do is educate themselves. Like, obviously, it's really hard when you're sitting here. I can't do much about it, and I'm Iranian. But I think, like, being the voice for people and spreading awareness is what we can do. Because, funny enough, I think a lot of people up until recently didn't even know how to pronounce Iran because it wasn't a country Mm -hmm. that you talk about, really, besides what you see on the news in in bad ways, like mm-hmm. nuclear, you know, nuclear weapons of war. So yeah. I feel like the fact that people are now even calling the country the correct name is a huge win in my book because it's shown me that people are talking now. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I was really embarrassed as a kid to be Iranian. I was embarrassed to talk about the food I brought to school and I wanted a pe- peanut butter and jelly sandwich like everyone else because there was so much stigma surrounding... 9-11 and just in the Middle East and I think people tend to associate and group a government organization with the people and not realizing that 
most of the time they're very separate and most of the time the people don't want what the government wants and they just don't have the resources and power Mm -hmm. to stand up the way that we can in the u.s i'm so proud to be iranian now and i'm so openly i talk about it but it's come a long way from a lot of reflecting about my culture and even just like posting stuff when i was in iran and people's like commenting and like seeing how beautiful the country was like i was so proud to have so many friends being like i want to go there now like it looks so beautiful but that's the side that the media doesn't show you. Is like I, I hadn't seen it either. Like yeah. I think you reposted something of like how Iran was or yeah, something yeah. like all the like scenery and I was like, Holy shit, like yeah. it's beautiful and all you hear about like growing up, like is not that, which yeah. is bullshit. Like it's crazy. And yeah. funny enough too, it's like that it's been like 30, 40 years where that is the most recent change. Like my parents growing up, they didn't have head covering and stuff. It wasn't mandatory. Women and men could like go to the beach. It was very normal, you know, when the king and queen were ruling. And obviously there's like, there was issues with that regime as well. But this is such a new way for Iran. And I think it's really all people know of Iran and remember of Iran as this country that's just like everyone's fully covered up and it's just so strict and like they'll kill you on site if, and it's not like that. But I think it's just easier for news, like for like people who have their own personal interests, government interests to like shape it to be a certain way. So yeah, it's really, I think the, I'm just so grateful when I see my friends share these things because it's really easy when all the Ukraine stuff, when Russia was happening to share support for Ukraine. And of course I did because I can't even imagine what they were going through with my friends that are Ukrainian. But I think as sad as it is, I've seen a lot less talk about what's going on in Iran because people don't want to get political. I think that's what it comes down to is they don't want to get political. They don't want to push an agenda. And I think... That's when it disappoints me because human rights issues are not a political agenda. Yes, Sarah. Thank you. Uh, wait, could you have said it better? Could you just explain that part? Like, yeah. I feel like a dumb question. No, but like, not at all. Ooh, like, how does that make it political? Like, if they're, like, afraid to share it? Well, that's, like, what... That's how I think, too. Like, what, yeah. what about it is political? But yeah. I have talked to people who've literally said, like, I don't want to get politics involved because... When you think about, in my, this is how it is in my eyes. When I think about Ukraine, I don't think about them having, like, really issues. Mm. But then I think a lot of the Middle East has issues with the U.S. and North Korea and Israel. And it's all just the governments. It's not the people. It's yeah. just the governments. The governments just clash and, like, they have all these weird things. Like, yeah. They're, literally, they have, like, missiles and they're, like, doing all this crazy shit and it's, like, yeah. yeah, so you don't want to, like... very touchy. You don't want to be, like, supporting a country that's, like, friends with North Korea, is what it kind of... Yeah. Or, like, you don't yeah. want to be supporting terrorism, but I think people failed... Not everyone. Most people, I think, I know are very woke in this way, but I think a lot of people do fail to realize that the radical groups... Every country has a radical group of humans. America has a radical group of humans, and sometimes the actions of these humans tend to be kind of projected onto the entire country, so 9-11 was a situation where a small group of very radical Islamic people who honestly aren't even Islamic because that's not what the tenets of Islam represent. Um, I'm personally not super religious, but my like my parents are Islamic. And so no religion preaches these things. Like no religion mm-hmm. preaches terrorism. I can guarantee that. <laughs> yeah. And so quote unquote people are now like Islam, Islamophobic, Islamophobic. It's like what it's yeah. called is like when you're afraid of like Islam and like, mm. but it's like that religion does not reflect on the people just as there are like radical Christians, radical Jews, like uh, uh, Jewish people, 
radical. Like any religion that does not reflect on the majority of the population. And somehow with the Middle East, I think it's just, there's just a lot of, just a lot. There's a lot of depth. And I think I don't know enough about it to go into like, why people have so many issues with the Middle East, but I can just speak very, very confidently on the fact that the people absolutely do not reflect on the government, like are not a reflection of the government and vice versa. Um, the people there, they smoke weed, they drink, <laughs> and it's all illegal, by the way. It's like legal. It's illegal. So you can't uh, drink. Alcohol is illegal in, alcohol in Islamic countries. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, not all Islamic countries, yeah, but in Iran, most, it's illegal. Yeah. Most of them. Like, smoking of, of, like, marijuana is illegal and stuff. But people do it there because, yeah. like, they're normal people. Yeah. Like, they get tattoos. They do all yeah. these things. They do them, obviously, underground. And, like, that's obviously the unfortunate part of, like, when you have a prohibition-type situation. Like, people yeah, are going to yeah. still do it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the people are so normal there. Like, my cousins and I, like, we have so much in common despite mm-hmm. having fully different upbringings. Yeah. So I just get very upset when I... To be honest, like, it does make me a little disappointed in people that I know who are so vocal about certain issues Mm. and not about others. Because then it just shows me, like, is it just because you want to be on the bandwagon of Mm. speaking up about this matter? Or does my matter not care enough? Like, does my matter not matter enough to you? Like, do my people not fucking matter? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah, like, if you're, like, I understand some people don't even want to... talk or share on social media about any kind of politics and I'm like you know what that's fine that's your safe space I respect it I think it's more of just when I see this stark contrast mm-hmm. and I'm not here to judge anyone I just it's it's like I'm just so proud of my people and what they're standing up for that like sharing information about what's going on is just the only way to educate yeah. and make the u.s possibly do something about it because otherwise like the people there don't have the money and power there's sanctions from a lot of countries on them so for example like airplanes in iran like just domestic ones are like years old without like replacement parts because there's sanctions on them from other countries where they would normally get parts from so a lot of the airplanes aren't like super super safe to fly on like, they're fine, but, like, everything kind of has to be produced internally or with countries that they're good with. That's also a government issue yeah. on Iran. But, unfortunately, sanctions, putting pressure on Iran don't help the people because yeah. they make, like, vegetables and fruits and, like, groceries really expensive for people because now they're having to make them themselves. And they're making, you know, transportation very dangerous because they're not able to get parts for vehicles they need to replace. So... It's just, there just needs to be more yeah. talk about it. It just all. makes life harder for the people yeah. of the country when it's exactly. the government making... Yeah, and they call themselves a republic, and I'm like, that is not yeah. what a republic is. Yeah, so I feel like because the media, like, doesn't display, like, any of, like, the real, like, people, do you think, like, social media is the best way to, like, share other people's stories then? And, like, mm-hmm. resources, of course, too, but, like, that's probably the best way to... Yeah, I to think get so. The word out. I think about any matter, like, even when I was thinking about Black Lives Matter or, like, the Ukraine situation, like, I wasn't going to the news because I feel mm-hmm. like the news tends to have, like, for the most part, some kind of bias. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see the stories of the people. I want to hear what the people are going through. I don't want to hear what the reporters are experiencing and then they can fly safely away from the, like, yeah. bombing zone, you know, yeah, in, in their plane and go back to the U.S. Like, I want to hear from the people who are going through it. 
So I think that's the beauty of social media is it allows us to connect the world. And while sometimes it's a very heavy place to be, because I understand that there's a lot of weight in the things that people are posting, I also do think there is so much power with what I've seen social media can do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just listening to stories and just even if you can't share or you don't feel compelled to share, which is so fine, just share them, like DM them to people. You don't have to put them on your stories, but like share them with your friends, like get a conversation going. Mm -hmm. Just check in on your friends. Like even if you don't want to post anything, that's so fine. But just like ask your friends how they're doing because it's like something that I also just struggle with too is like there was only a handful of people that asked me how I was doing and I have family there and they know that and it's like I think that was really hard too I don't think anything badly of people I think it's just everyone's really caught up in their own day-to-day so it really did mean a lot having people reach out and ask how I was doing and all of that because it's my home and it's my culture and I can't imagine someone I know being someone that I see on the news who's killed so yeah it's it's definitely a hard time for the world right now um I feel like we go from one really bad tragedy to one but I think the important thing is we don't forget about Ukraine we don't forget about all these things that are going on I think it's just important to keep the conversation going Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah hard conversations need to be had sometimes and Mm -hmm. it's not always going to be comfortable yeah um but it's so important because these are like literally people's lives on the line Mm -hmm. and I totally understand when people don't want to share on social media either, but, like, that is literally how the people, like, get resources and, like, how people know how to help because, like, it just isn't in the news. It's yeah. not in, like, the big media. Like, we're not going to see it. Yeah. So, yeah, for anyone listening, like, if you're, like, do I share this? Is this weird? Like, just share it because you don't know, yeah. like, who your followers are and, like, maybe, like, what they need or they want to help and they, like, just mm-hmm. need info. So, yeah. just share. Just share it. Yeah. Or, like text it to your friends yeah talk talk about about it it. like it doesn't have to be a whole like I understand some people I've talked to have expressed that they don't like sharing things because they don't want to seem like they're just sharing infographics and stuff yeah and I I very much understand that I think whatever anyone feels comfortable doing I respect as long as like there's a level of intentionality with it if you're going to share something don't share it just to share share it because you care that's what I was going to say too is like share it and don't have that be the only thing you're doing like if you're going to share it make sure that you're having discussions Mm -hmm. and like getting the word out in other ways yeah yeah so thank you for bringing that up because I think you know the more I can talk about it the more I can like educate people on a side of Iran that they don't know much about that I think people don't talk about but yeah it's, it makes me really happy that people at least can pronounce the name now um, but at least they're yeah. seeing like even these like reels that are made about how Iran used to be like they're yeah. seeing these things because I think yeah. that's something that people probably didn't even they thought this is always how Iran was mm-hmm. um, but it, yeah my parents like they literally got arrested on their wedding night um, what yeah they got arrested on their wedding night because at weddings in Iran, you're supposed to separate women and men. Like, there's a curtain that mm-hmm. goes between the wedding, and it separates them. It's part of, like, I don't know what tenant it's part of. But, and, like, obviously alcohol is not allowed, and my parents did not <laughs> adhere to either of those rules on their wedding night. So Was they're... It, like, the whole night, they're not supposed to, like, be... With like, them? no, men are supposed to the be in their own... Night. Yeah, the whole night. Like, the what? bride and groom kind of, like, it's just very... Like, the men interact in the... I mean, it's wow. a very misogynist yeah. government. Not culture, but government. Mm-hmm. And so there's actually video footage of my parents, like, getting, like, on their video, like, getting, like, the police are basically hopping over the fence and, like, 
taking over and people typically just pay oh. like everyone t- pays off yeah. the police like you just pay them oh. off like okay. so that they don't come bother you like every wedding i've gone to the police know there's a wedding they'll just take your money and then not come and it's kind of like when you go to mexico yeah okay yeah i mean that's people don't have money there so they'll do yeah. whatever yeah it's very corrupt in that way wow. but i for whatever reason even though they pay people off they i guess another group of like cops or something came so it's just crazy because oh that stuff does not happen here yeah but no one's talking about it like no one's yeah. talking about what we can do or like how things could be different because they were different um at one point and the, the actual king of Iran, the Shah, he loved the U.S. Like, he was really... That was a problem that they had in Iran was, like, he was super Western mm-hmm. in his thoughts and he wanted to be super modern. So, from my understanding, I believe, it's just funny how there's such a different... Such a disparity between, like, then Iran and now. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. Of course. We really appreciate it. We know of it can course. be, like, a heavy topic. But, but it's important. It's really important. Yeah. And I think you've taught us a few things and I think you'll teach a few other people some things from listening so so we wanted to end on a little bit of a lighter note and so we want you to leave the audience with what is a piece of advice that you would tell your younger self Bibi Tara ooh um honestly I think something that I think about very often as I as I've seen my life unfold from what from whether I was a kid or just from like even a few months ago is things happen as they should if you're just being your authentic self and just acting intentionally and things always work out as the way they should and I think that is really important to remember that if you're doing good it's like there's like a quote in Farsi it's also like one in English too but it's like good thoughts good words good actions um or good thoughts good words good deeds um and i fully believe that if you show up being kind to everyone being yourself do good the world will output that in return and so i used to struggle so much with the wondering how the future would be and where i would live and how i'd make money and who i'd be friends with and i feel like so many things have fallen into place that i would have never i could have never dreamed of and so i'm very grateful and i think that's all i could remind myself if i was a kid It's just been a pleasure to talk to you, and we're so grateful to have you as our first guest. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be on as your first guest. Share with everyone your socials if you want it. Yes. Business, (laughs) tag, all the things. Okay, so for anyone who, I guess, is interested, (laughs) um, my personal Instagram is Tara's Life, uh, T-A-R-A-S-L-I-F-E. A lot of people think it's Tar is life, and it, like people actually <laughs> like, think yeah. that, and I'm like, there's no, no, that's really. I am not life, I mean, but this is my life. Like there's an eye missing, that's not it. Um, and then my business, Speeds by Tara. It's speedsbytara.com at speedsbytara on Instagram, on TikTok, on Pinterest, <laughs> basically all of the platforms. Um, and yeah, the cutest, the cutest gold yes. dainty thank jewelry you. that you can wear in the shower <laughs> and work out in it's wow. the best especially when you like just graduate from like cheap jewelry and stuff being able to like wear it in the shower that's my favorite for <laughs> sure uh, but and they it. just go with everything and i'm obsessed with them and i love thank gifts you. in them anyways we love we stand beads by we stand thank you beads for having me on this is such a delight thank my favorite you. podcast i've ever been on oh. <laughs> we love you we love thank you. you thank you and
And thanks to everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.